0: Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio
1: Show. We're broadcasting across the world from the Marriott Hotel in Indianapolis, where I've just given a presentation to the Industrial Asset Management Council. And uh, we were talking about customer service at a time of disruptive change, which is a, a topic that is very interesting to a lot of companies these days. Well, what a fantastic audience, 400 business development people from across the country. And I want to give a big shout out to Raya Hazelwood at IAMC, and to the Marriott for organising such a fantastic event. Newsflash, millennials are not shopping on social media. Marketers and retailers have been trying to push social commerce on social media users for years and years now. Many see it as the next wave for social marketing because it allows 24-7 personal connection with customers, allows increased Opportunities for conversion and instant purchases. However, millennials aren't buying it. They have a buying power of $200 billion by next year. However, they're not buying on social media. Of the millennials surveyed by GumGum, 42% accessed Instagram more than five times a day and 38% accessed Snapchat more than five times a day. Now, marketers see this as proof that, you know, they need to market on both sites, but it's important to understand why these users access these sites so frequently. 37% of users surveyed said they accessed Instagram because they were bored It's pretty tragic, isn't it? I can't fit enough things in my day, and these guys are bored. And 20% used Instagram to communicate with friends. On the other hand, 53% accessed Snapchat to communicate with friends. 37% used it to watch stories, and 7% were there for celebrity snaps. Most users prefer to browse rather than post, with 73% of Pinterest users say that they browse, don't post, And only 40% 40 of Instagram users post images. God. So they need something to do, these people. What about school or jobs? (laughs) Perhaps the most damning statistics relate to purchase rates. 99% of respondents indicated that they had never made a purchase on Snapchat. 99%. And 94% of Pinterest users said they'd never made a purchase on Pinterest. And 91% of Instagram users said they'd never made a purchase on Instagram. Bloody hell. Now, 60% of respondents skipped ads altogether if they had the choice. So if you're a marketer and you're sitting there scratching your head about how you utilize Pinterest, Snapchat, and Instagram to sell stuff to millennials... Forget about it. Ain't going to work. None of this is good news for advertisers and retailers. Now, social users are deeply connected to each other and to their preferred platforms, but that doesn't always manifest as instant boosts to conversion. Marketers have become one with the site and their communities stand a much better chance, albeit slim. Simply representing the brand isn't enough to engage millennials on their preferred preferred platforms so it's back to the drawing board mega creativity is needed if we're going to move millennials off the dime to buy stuff now one of the great sources of free food at the moment is uber eats (laughs) people are gaming uber eats to getting hundreds of dollars in free food So determined, stingy people are gaming Uber Eats, which is the food delivery service from Uber, to get hundreds of dollars worth of free food. It comes from a combination of order screw-ups, delivery delays, and promotional codes sent by our friends. So every time you get Uber Eats, you find a reason to complain, you complain, and you get the food free. (laughs) And not only that, They give you bonus things, even if you made it up. It's pretty good. Now, if there's one thing you need to know about the food delivery industry, it's insanely competitive. The major players are locked in a billion-dollar arms race to attract customers, and all the smaller guys, they're just getting squeezed out of existence. Now, Uber Eats is expanding in dozens of countries around the world. London-based Deliveroo, which is their major competition in the UK, raised $275 million funding round from VCs in August. The Dutch Takeaway.com is going public at a $1 billion valuation, and Delivery Hero from Germany has taken out a whopping eight-digit loan. In case you don't know how much that is, that's over $10 million. Now, Just Eat and Takeaway.com. More competitors have sold a number of local businesses to one another in various markets in an apparent attempt to avoid additional competition. And Deliveroo and Eat have both recently rebranded themselves to spruce up their image. Meanwhile, businesses are starting to fail. In September, two year old London based Pronto shut down. And in July, Belgian startup Take Eat Easy also closed at stores. But for price-conscious consumers, this is all good news. So the startup ecosystem's addiction to venture capital means we're living in a golden age of promotional offices. It offers, there may never be a better time to be a consumer. You can get so much, subscriptions to online retailers, meals, rides, even house cleaning, at little to no cost. And in the food Delivery industry, this easy access to huge pools of capital and fierce competition translates into an absolute bonanza for hungry customers. Are you signing up? Have some free money. Your meal was five minutes late? Have some free money. Your order contained the wrong item? Have some free money. You referred a friend to to sign up? Have some free money. How long has this been going on? They'd all better hope that the VC... Boom continues for a while at least to have buckets of money to hand out while the public eats for free. I love that. Autonomous vehicle startup, new to me, I don't know how to pronounce this, Newtonomy, autonomy that's what it is, has made rides on its self driving taxis available to the general public in Singapore for free expanding a first-in-the-world run that was initially invitation-only. While multiple companies, you know, like there's Google and Volvo and a whole bunch of others, have been testing self-driving cars on public roads for years, Utonomy announced last month that it was the first to offer autonomous taxi rides It Beat Uber, which started offering rides in autonomous cars in Pittsburgh just last week. Now, the Singapore trial was limited to a 6.5-square-kilometre business and residential district called One North. Neutonomy said Friday that the test area has since been doubled, so it's now 13 square kilometres, and that was doubled by the government. Neutonomy, a spin-off from the Massachusetts Massachusetts Institute of Technology, which, of course, is MIT, announced Friday the public can now book self-driving taxis through an app by Grab, the biggest ride-hailing company in Southeast Asia, and the two companies announced a year-long partnership. Now, to book a ride, passengers simply have to select the robocar, Robocar option on Grab's app, and this has been downloaded... You know, they say people might not be interested in autonomous cars. The robo car option on Grab's app has been downloaded more than 20 million times. Passengers have to be older than 18, book in advance, sign a liability waiver, and rides will be free for at least the t- next two months. They're combining Autonomy's self-driving car software with Grab's app. With their proven fleet routing technology and their mapping capabilities so that's pretty that's really cool the cars are modified Renaults and Mitsubishis electric of course and they have a safety driver in front who's prepared to take the wheel and a researcher in back that watches the car's computers so It's an evolution to identify where are the easy parts, where are the trickier parts, and where they need to put in more effort. Thousands of people signed up for the trial within the first 48 hours, and the company says that so far, there have been absolutely no problems. The company expects its six-car fleet to grow to a dozen by the end of the year, and to make its Singapore taxi fleet fully self-driving. By 2018, a couple of years ago, when I started talking about autonomous vehicles, I had all these people contact me saying, yeah, ridiculous, it won't happen for another 20 years, whatever. Well, guess what? It's here. And uh, so all of the taxi fleet will be fully self-driving by 2018 in Singapore. Now, if you enjoy this radio show each week, then you should become a member of the Bob Pritchard Premium Club. Premium Club's fantastic. So if you're not a member, then go to my website, bobpritchard.com, and join today. So let me just mention to you about the benefits you'll get. You'll, get, um, you'll be invited to my members-only webinars. Secondly, you know all those successful CEOs that you admire and you buy their books and all of that? Well, you'll get to meet them on su- the Successful CEOs program. And you will also receive a CD of interviews with 50 of the world's most successful people, what they've achieved, how they went about it, um, the challenges they had to overcome, and the tricks that they learned. You'll also receive access to business merchandise, discounted to cost, as well as daily access to the best of my disruptive ideas. You'll also earn loyalty points with the premium club just for participating. These are points that you can use for all sorts of great rewards. And if you join now, you can also receive a month's bonus membership, and the program is 100% guaranteed, 100% guaranteed. If you're not totally satisfied you get your money back, no questions asked. So what do you got to lose? Nothing. So make sure you subscribe to my daily newsletter, which is now going out, wait for this, My daily newsletter is now going out to over 81,000 business executives in over 60 countries every single day. So 81,000 business people all over the planet are getting my newsletter, and we're getting more and more people subscribe every day. So it's just a 30-second read. The whole idea of it is you get a piece of news that you should know if you're in business, and in thirty seconds, you can read it. It's done, and get on with your get on with your life, um, having informed yourself about an important piece of news. It's um it's something that I think every entrepreneur or business executive needs to um, listen to, so they can keep up to date on what's happening. Now, on my website, bobpritchard.com, you'll see a new page called the Bob Pritchard Success Pathway, which is designed to assist international entrepreneurs as well as Australian uh, American entrepreneurs to access contacts, expertise, funding, everything that you might need to make your business successful. And we've established some great global partnerships. So if you're looking to work out how you're going to be successful, doesn't matter where in the world you're listening to this program, just go onto my website, bobpritchard.com, go to the Bob Pritchard Success Pathway, and um, we're getting quite a few clients through that source and it's working out very well. My guest today is un fucking believable. He's incredible. His name's Vincent Dignan, and he went from being on welfare and benefits just a couple of years ago to launching websites which receive millions of visitors. He got into tech stars, and he's this year so far he's given a hundred talks on growth hacking across the world just so far. And that's a hell of a lot of speeches for anybody. And this guy's brand new and homeless two years ago. He is a speaker on growth hacking, personal branding, content marketing, and crowdfunding. And if you remember back to what David Bowie used to look like back in the old days with the Technicolor coats and all that, that's what Vincent looks like. He, um, He is unbelievably outrageous, to say the least, but I saw him at Metal. Um, the group that I belong to in Los Angeles just a couple of weeks ago, and he was phenomenal. I mean, unbelievable. In fact, I think he's going to be back there on uh, December 3. So I'll be right back with Vincent. I reached him in London last night, so I'll be back with Vincent immediately after this short break on the Voice America Business Channel.
0: The Business Community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to Bob at BobPritchard.com. That's Bob at BobPritchard.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the
1: Bob Pritchard Straight Talking Business Show, where over the last five years, we've given you insights into the lives of over 300 of the world's most interesting business people. We talk about what they do, what their successes are, and basically what we try to do is find out what makes them tick. You know, it's extremely difficult to create a successful business. And we all need all the help that we can get. And that's why it's important to listen to shows like these and uh, listen to the experts, what they do, what they've done, so that you can emulate them and not make the same mistakes that many people have made before you. The other thing I think that's important and that we stress all the time is the need to have mentors. You need to surround yourself with people who will give you straight advice, people who have been successful before and will tell you exactly the way it is, not people who will go and, you know, patronise you and tell you a whole bunch of bullshit just to make you feel good. You need people that will give you really serious advice. Every business, doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a dry cleaning store or you're developing a new app, we all face the same challenges and we all start off with a dream, we persevere, we overcome obstacles and about Two to five percent of people are successful. Many entrepreneurs try to do it on their own because of a lack of contacts, often because of a lack of money, uh, networks they usually don't have. Um, But most people who try that approach fail. And this is perfect for me because one of the areas in which I am very weak is in the social media area. Um, and uh, I went along to Metal, where I'm I'm a member, I go every week that I can, Uh, I saw a guy named Vincent Dignan, who absolutely blew away a room full of the smartest guys in tech. Metal is made up of people in the media, entertainment and technology business, who are all absolutely at the top of their game. There's billionaires and millionaires and hundreds of millionaires, and it's a, an unbelievable group. And Vincent just knocked them out, put them on their ass. It was unbelievable. So um, I've tracked down Vincent in, uh, in London. This guy's a one-man wrecking crew. He's incredible. So I'll give you a bit about him. He's um, a writer, a growth hacker, He's a part-time comedian he's actually quite funny but his contents unbelievable. He went from being on welfare to launching websites which receive millions of visitors getting into tech stars and giving a hundred talks on growth hacking across the world just this year. Now we who are speakers um, you know it's hard to get 20 jobs far less a hundred. Um, his past face, extremely practical talk, was voted best workshop at South by Southwest Vision, um, vision to Venture Conference in Las Vegas. He's a world renowned speaker on growth hacking, personal branding, content marketing, and crowdfunding. Now, listen to this Vincent founded PlanetIvy.com and ScrewRobot.com, and they've received nearly 20 million page views without any. Paid marketing spend and uh, content that he's overseen for other people has received over 150 million page views so far. This guy is extraordinary. Vincent, welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show.
2: Hello, it's a pleasure to be here.
1: So I wish you were here. I bet you. I bet you wish you're in Los Angeles rather than being in London. <laughs>
2: Man, I have to turn the fire on here in London. Six o'clock in the afternoon, it's getting cold
1: in here. Um, Your online magazine, Planet Ivy, um, I saw it described as a pinch of toilet humour, a bit of tongue in cheek, a mix of satire, and a dash of poetic excellence and licence. And it's done extraordinarily well. How did you come up with the idea, and, and how did it develop so quickly into such a huge success?
2: I was speaking to my ex, and she said I had to do something, so I thought, well, what I actually like doing is writing, so I was thinking about maybe doing a Tumblr blog. I was like, ah, there's not really much money in doing a Tumblr blog. So then that night, I had a dream that I would create an online magazine where the writers would be stars instead of musicians. And the next day, I registered the domain planetivy.com because I wanted something cool that maybe Little Wayne would wear on a t-shirt. And then um, step one was direct sales. I got on the phone. I called up every university in the country, and I said, I'm building the coolest magazine in the UK do you want to write for it so i would i would have to get job ads out on student places yep. so i said i can't pay you but i'll give you editorial feedback and a bigger platform than your own blog but so right. that was the first 100 200 writers just, uh, hustling because I knew there'd be a demand to do that because back then in 2012 there really wasn't that many places to blog. There wasn't, uh, something with massive outreach like medium around. So we quickly scooped up a lot of writers and I straight away, uh, focused entirely on traffic. So, Business lesson number one, you only need to do well at one metric, particularly if you're running a venture capital-driven business. I only knew one friend in the entire magazine industry, and I cycled over to meet her, and I said, "Um, so you're in the magazine industry, I don't know anything, what should I do? And she said, just focus on getting traffic. If you get traffic... Brands will want to work with you and you'll get investment. So that's what we did. The brand name was okay. The website looks okay. In fact, it didn't look actually that good. The content was okay, but we really hammered down traffic. Straight out the gate, we were looking for places that would give us traffic, and we actually had 25,000 visitors in our second week. We had a post blow up. um, Me and my co-founder, we just had no idea about. Um, It blew up. We got 25,000. Within six months, we had 300,000 visitors a month. We had 300,000 visitors a month, three months running, and that's when we pitched for funding, and then someone who just left Facebook was in the audience randomly, saw us, introduced us to free investors, and then two of them put a quarter million dollars in. It really was that simple.
1: <laughs> yeah, that simple, yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, so,
2: I, I, when, when I meet people now who are doing online magazines, like, I do think this is really, really hard. Um, to do again. We, like, at, at some points, it was something that of, could only happen now. Um, right. It used to be a lot easier to get traffic from Google, Twitter, and Facebook than it is now. Facebook didn't have the stranglehold over the world and over monetization. It's very hard now to get uh, an ad-driven business money because your targeting will never be as good as Facebook. So there were a few things going on which meant that, you know, we were in the right place at the right time. But I generally tell people who are building content businesses, uh, have your content businesses live on other platforms. For me, the best content business of recent times is News Now. They don't have a website. Uh, now there's news, they only exist on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube, on the places people are already, and they produce content natively for those platforms, and then people pay them for uh, advertorials and sponsor content. That would be my advice for anyone building and. Uh, a content driven business you have to be big on these other platforms and just get the audience there don't try and drag them onto your website
1: right um, let me just paint a picture for somebody who's listening um, <laughs> when you first see Vincent he is unusual to say the least he's quite tall and thin he wears a clothes that are an absolute kaleidoscope of, of color Um, boots that look like they should be worn on on Mars, and he, he is just this dynamo. Have you always been like that? Have you always had this bent to be a deliverer of fantastic content, but really a performer as well?
2: I used to dress somewhat like that, like five, six years ago, and then when I started the VC game, I'm trying to get money for venture capitalists, and I got into the stars Accelerator. I had to smarten up, so I kind of like had a period where I didn't do it, and then over time I was like, oh, maybe I can dress a little more like this, and then David Bowie died in January, and my mum gave me a couple of magazines you know, to commemorate the passing of yeah. the Finn White Duke. And I was looking through them, it in January this year, and I was thinking, am I really living up to the spirit of Bowie? And I, I think the answer was no. So I invented this whole new look. Um, I'd never worn the gold sneakers before. I never worn the multicolored fur jacket before. Um, so I invented this look from head to toe. And then my very first date of the, hundred, of the well, my third or fourth date of the world tour was in Austin, Texas, where I wore it for the first time. Um, And, uh, yeah, it it went down really well, and uh, I've kept it literally every day since. One of the rules of fame, never break character. If you're going to the laundrette, you dress like this. If you're going to get groceries, you dress like this. (laughs) It it can't be something you put on occasionally.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. (laughs) But it's unbelievable. It it really creates an impression. Um, So how did you go from being on welfare to... Where you are now, running around the world, speaking, addressing every major conference there is. How did how did you make that transition? How did you get the confidence to go? Usually, when people are on welfare, they're despondent. they have you know got more hang ups and a dry cleaner. How did you sort of break that? Well,
2: so uh, Planet Ivy. Well, the, the answer, of course, is money. And um, Planet Ivy. Um, gave uh, my company a quarter million dollars, and the first thing I did was pay myself three months in advance. I paid myself a very low wage at Planet Ivy, like all founders, yep. but uh, I, the day it came in, I paid myself three months in advance. So I, meant, I went from a uh, minus $3,000 to <laughs> 2000 or so overnight. I was like, wow, the power of money. And we don't have to worry about money, um, it's really easy to focus in on yourself and your goal, yes. which is one reason that I think uh, a lot of these productivity gurus uh, and all these people who make money online guys kind of miss out. Uh, if people if people can't meet their rent or they can't look after their family, it's really hard to get them to focus on building sure. a business, It's is really hard. So, for instance, I caused a mayhem this week with a post that I did that said, Look, here, is a, here is a method anyone can make money with literally this week. And it is join all the fan clubs of rock bands who are touring arenas, certainly yes. in the U.K., um, and get the pre-sale tickets and then buy and then sell them on eBay and secondary sites like Get Me In uh, and SeatWave as soon as they go live on mainstream sale. So for instance I said, here is a link to Coldplay. You can get their pre-sale tickets using an American Express card and sell them for 2x their value. I was wrong when I put that. You can put them up to 240 X as Adele did. Anyway, I got out online and said look anyone who wants to make money thinking focus on their startup do this. Half the people said, "This is brilliant. I can do it." And the other half said, "This is wrong." Um, and then people were saying, they don't have the growth mindset. So in short, um, getting that investment money was the turning point. Um, like before that, I just had a focus that I had to do it because I had no choice. Right. And um, if you think that a lot of entrepreneurs like me, they have actually have similar stories. All of us were broke um, in some form or another. I think it's uh, that Damon John. I think the guy from Shark Tank yep. uh, calls it the power of broke. Yep. it's actually very similar amongst many many self-made entrepreneurs. Um, we've all been broke, so we all have that desperation. And I think it's really important to have that desperation and then turn it into inspiration. So so that's really with turning on Planet Ivy. Planet Ivy then raised a small second round when it got into the textiles accelerator. And then after the textiles accelerator, we then launched a marketing agency which uh was all the skills i learned who makes things go viral turn into an agency and that was pr- profit generating from day one so i launched that and then last year uh, i realized by accident the power of public speaking to meet new clients and then i started doing that and started getting a lot of new clients and then this year um i'm just having fun with it
1: yeah if you if, if You're listening out there and are looking for an unbelievable speaker, (laughs) apart from me. um, Vincent Vincent is your boy. He is extraordinary. Now, you speak about your five biggest regrets from your time building a company, Mm -hmm. um, albeit the fact that you were successful almost instantly. What what are the five biggest regrets?
2: (laughs) If you have them written down on a blog article I've written, I'd like to have them read back to me. Um, five biggest regrets. Um, well, firstly, none, because they got me to where I am now. Yeah. Um, other things that would have helped, uh, you mentioned having a mentor. Believe it or not, I'd never had a mentor until two and a half weeks ago.
1: All right, okay. <laughs>
2: Never had a mentor, and now I have two, and they're both amazing. And I can see how powerful it is. And I'm, yeah, I've read a lot of books, and you know, had those virtual sure. mentors. But yeah, number one, would be having a mentor. Um, number two would be uh, ignoring Facebook for Planet Ivy. So we, it was increasing all the time, but because we were getting so much traffic from everywhere else on the web, and we were getting some Facebook we kind of willfully ignored ignore that, and every publisher has been successful. Their only traffic source really has been Facebook. Yeah. So I think it's one thing with entrepreneurs, they they generally know what they need to do, but they don't always do it, and yep. that was a case of that. Um, uh, I, I don't really do regrets. Can I... Just end the question there. <laughs> yeah, sure you can. Do you you have- know, I, I, I mean, I, I really can't complain, you know. Uh, when I left our metal talk, I went to Tai Lopez mansion party, um, which was exactly like an American hip-hop video. There right. was like rappers walking around, trap music, girls in bikinis jumping in the pool and twerking. Uh, I met loads of internet marketer guys and like came up with loads of new ideas for making money. I met Tai Lopez. Uh, It was just amazing, Um, so I can't really complain, and yeah, like on my tour itinerary next, I have two dates in Italy, Switzerland, Bulgaria, and then I'm coming back to Canada and America. I really don't have all that many regrets.
1: No, I can can understand (laughs) that. (laughs) Of course, most of these things you can only do here, can't you? I mean, the opportunities in the United States compared with, say, Australia and the UK are extraordinary and yeah. uh, I guess that's why so many people come over here. Um, you've got a lot of projects that, you, that you're that you working on. Does, does most of that work come from your public speaking now?
2: Um, a lot of it until very recently um, where I'm actually moving a lot of it online because I just continually have people saying, I can't come see you. When is it live streamed? When is it online? Plus it's... Um, just a, a, a nice thing to do to keep everyone worldwide yep. uh, who can't afford to get to my talks to come out. So I'm actually moving a lot of what I'm doing online now. Um, i built my first online community, so Traffic and Copy is the group on Facebook. It's like 10 weeks old and has 5,500 members. Super active community, and it's very strictly um, people talking about tips for better traffic and better copywriting. Right. So it has a function, and it's going really well building that community online. I'm going to start building out my mailing list and a personal Facebook page. So I am building an empire online. Uh, like So far, I've done it a very traditional way just by speaking and getting face-to-face connections, yes. which is obviously extremely powerful, um, but it's, uh, there's only one of me yeah, it's trying slow. to scale yeah. worldwide.
1: Yeah. So if, if somebody... Um, I'll give another plug at the end, but if, if somebody wants to lock into your empire... Which, what's the best site to go to?
2: Um, I, I really me on Facebook as a friend. I pretty much accept everyone and join Traffic and Copy, my Facebook group. Um, you know, a mailing list is a very one-way communication. I mail you, you read it, maybe you reply once in a hundred times. But Traffic and Copy, every single day, there's posts in there that are super relevant and discussions going on, people hiring each other. So, that's like a really active uh, community, and everyone from the top CEO to the youngest intern is online all day on Facebook. So no one escapes Facebook. It's the best way to build a community for your business, um, and that's the best way to keep in touch. Um, if you have, if you do Facebook well, you don't need any other social networks.
1: So traffic and copy is that as it sounds. Is it a and and copy? Okay, so listeners go to traffic and copy so what's the main piece of advice now you've come from from nowhere but what's the main piece of advice you'd give someone who's just starting out you know you i'm sitting here i've got a great idea now what do we do
2: so the first thing you need to understand is sacrifice so you, um, if you're single you may have to be single for a long time <laughs> if you're in a relationship they're going to have to be very understanding the easiest thing to do is stop drinking alcohol um, that is a very easy thing to stop doing in order to increase your productivity you know if I tell you to focus better well there's all sorts of things in there you may have sleep apnea you may be vitamin D deficient um, you may have the signs of ADHD. Like there's so much can go wrong with focus, but just not drinking alcohol is easy. Um, Find more difficult, but well worth doing is eating better. So avoiding carbs and sugar and eating more natural food. Um, Once you've done these basics, then I would start to talk about strategy and techniques, Um, at which point it's a case of building something people want. This is the main reason most companies fail. Uh, When you have an idea, you need to be able to write down 15 to 20 people who will buy it right now. If you can't do that, you are really in trouble, not least because you don't know who your target audience is. Uh, Once you have that, get a minimum viable product out the door. So what's the minimum amount you could put in of effort that people would buy it? So that's typically a landing page, say if you're interested in buying this product, leave your email here or even better... Um, we will sell it to you when it comes out, leave your credit card here. Um, Then you establish demand. Then you can put that money or effort into building the product.
1: So you would advise to um, bootstrap for as long as you can?
2: Yeah, absolutely. You'll you'll get a better valuation. If investors are looking for you, then that's a fantastic position to be in. Generally speaking, almost everyone looks for investment too early. My co-founder had to sit me down at Nando's, a very classy Portuguese restaurant, yep. and explained yep. to me why we had to get investment because it would it would make us go a lot faster. But uh, I, I held out for as long as possible, and we were at 300,000 visitors a month. I see so many founders who are nowhere near that or any sort of traction, um, and they're already out looking for investment. The worst thing is, investors in meet everyone. That's the easiest job in the world to be an investor. you just to have meetings with people. Um, and most investors will, will take meetings if you have an interesting idea, just in case you suddenly spike and get loads of users and they've built a relationship with you. Yeah. Likewise, when we started Planet Ivy, we started getting meetings with huge companies really quickly because they always want to keep an eye on just in case you blow up. So a complete waste of everyone's time. So be very wary of chasing money too early.
1: Right. there are some hacks and tools that anyone can use today um, to get an Mm -hmm. advantage. What are they?
2: So... Charlie app. type in charlieapp.com, type in anyone's email address and you can find all the public information about them on the internet. Sure. So every blog post or their LinkedIn or their company news. So you can, if you meet someone, say, oh, I'm a big fan of this sports team. And they'll be like, what? That's my sports team. you will be like, yes, we are friends. But you don't really like that sports team. You just found out that they did first and you yeah. have that common ground. Yeah. It also works really well for dates. Get their email address, find that information about them, and then use it against them. Number two, email hunter. Type in any company's web address, and you'll find all of the public email addresses of people who work at that company. So if you want to sell to a company you don't know where to begin, do that. If you're doing B2B selling, then you don't want to be cold emailing people if you only have like 50 or 60 leads. What you want to do is get a warm intro. You do that through discover.ly, discover.ly. Go to anyone's Facebook profile and see all the LinkedIn friends you have in common or vice versa. And with this, you can then ask for warm intros to close them. To keep all your leads in one place, use Streak. It's a Google Chrome tool, and you can keep a track on all of your sales. Every time a sales lead emails you, you tick a box, and it goes in this flow. And if you email someone and they don't get back to you, you can use Rebump. If you email them and there's no reply, it will email them every four days forever. (laughs)
1: <laughs> V-bump V-bump, okay. yeah v-, v with a V or re- R uh,
2: R for um, Redonculus
1: <laughs> RE Okay Yeah Rebump yeah. So <laughs> If you're um, If you want to get an advantage You use charlieapp.com Email yeah. Hunter Discoverly yeah. Streak yeah. And Rebump so I yeah,
2: I mean, I, I could. if you look me up on YouTube, I, I give like 55 of these in one of my talks. But yeah, those are the five really good ones that pretty much anyone
1: can use. Okay. So what um, what are the major trends that are going to happen in marketing and employment worldwide in the next, say, five years or so?
2: Nice. Um, I believe that internet marketing is going to be absolutely massive. Now, by that I don't mean marketing on the internet, I mean the practice of creating a value ladder. A value ladder is when you give out free content, so in blog posts or emails or Facebook groups, then you have an upsell to a small price product and then you have an upsell to a bigger price product. It's like when your dentist calls you in for a free checkup and then they say, well, now actually you need braces and a retainer and then there's a massive upsell there. Yeah. But uh, with the continuing trend of people losing their jobs and those jobs not being replaced um, and wages not going up, more people are going to work for themselves and they're going to need a business model. Now, as we've seen in musicians and entertainers, People should not try and manage themselves, especially if they're creative. You know, there's too many moving parts. But with internet marketing, it's very simple. All you have to do is create content. You create content for free and then a certain percentage of people will pay a bigger price for your next content. Using something like ClickFunnels, it's really, really easy to have the software. So all you need to do all day is create that content. So you want to do a parenting blog or a cooking healthy food blog, and you have an upsell to the ultimate 15 minute recipes that no one will talk about or something. You can always upsell to something else. Right. And I really don't use it worldwide it's going to be a massive massive trend and in more in the short term the best place to build community right now is with facebook groups they're different to facebook pages in that when you invite someone into a facebook group they're in it by default they don't get to opt out so you can invite all of your friends and your co-founder invites all their friends and that group will have like a thousand people in it on day one and then groups are communities that grow around you so it's not just you posting it's other people so you can get a really strong community around an idea so you're not just please come to our website and buy stuff you can have discussions going on around your product so Facebook groups and internet marketing are two areas I think will be massive as time goes on.
1: What's the biggest challenge you've ever faced? Apart from trying to think of an answer to this question.
2: <laughs> the biggest challenge I ever faced? Um, I, I don't know if uh, I have faced... I don't think I've faced it yet. Uh,
1: being homeless. Being homeless would have been a challenge.
2: Yeah, that was... Very stressful. Um, I'm trying to think of a particular moment. Um, I guess the time that I had to go back and ask my parents to borrow money for rent because psychologically. That is an indication that you, as a child, has failed. You know, you move out of your parents, and then the idea is you can support yourself. So, you know, in the eyes of society, that was a very bad thing. So that was like I think that was the hardest thing I had to do. And then um, you know, it it was fine, and uh, I got back. And then not too long after that. That was that was like a couple of weeks after Planet Ivy was born, so that was real early. I really think that was one of the hardest moments.
1: Okay, so um, the persona that you see on stage, that yeah. extrovert, rapid-fire, um, colourful David Bowie character, is that? Um, do you wake up in the morning like that, or are you when the lights go on you? snapping to character?
2: Well, there's a performative aspect to it, but I am an ambivert. So an ambivert is equally at home, staying at home alone for long periods right. and then being in front of thousands of people speaking. So all that's happening when I'm on stage is I am saying things that I have learned on my laptop. You know, that's really all, all there is to it. People say it's amazing, it's really just, three four years at that laptop here's what I've learned in 30 minutes so they are one and the same really Um, I have the same attitudes and beliefs off stage that I do on and I never uh, support anything I don't believe in I also write at the time of writing this, I may change this. Um, I don't have any affiliates for any of the products that I talk about on stage, mm. uh, because what happens if someone offers me a big affiliate fee to talk about something that I don't actually like or use, then that affects my integrity., yep. so right now, I, I don't yeah, I don't have affiliates for all of the thousands and thousands of people who see my slides right now. Um, yeah, I, I try and keep it as authentic. Um, as I can, and I always
1: try and have fun with them. Vincent, when I saw you at Metal, I, you blew me away, and as well as everybody else in the group, and and uh, believe me, they're a, they're a group that have seen absolutely everybody and everything, and you are really something special. So thanks very much for speaking with me on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Now you can yes. you can learn more about Vincent. You can go directly to Vincent Dignan. Yep. V-I-N-C-E-N-T-D-I-G-N-A-N dot com. And I'll be back with more of the Bob Pritchard radio show straight after this short break.
0: Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to Bob at BobPritchard.com. That's Bob at BobPritchard.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back
1: to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking Absolutely No Bullshit Radio Show on Voice America Business Channel. And we're the number one global business radio show for entrepreneurs this week broadcasting from the Marriott Hotel in Indianapolis, where earlier I gave the presentation to the Industrial Asset Management Council. I want to thank everybody here um, in, uh, that was involved for making it such a great event and for being such a fantastic audience. Now, last week... Google finally announced their new phone and hardware products at an event in San Francisco, and here's what you need to know in as few words as possible. Google Assistant is part of the phone, which is um, that's the brain that connects all of your smart devices, so links them all up. Pixel smartphones. They're available in two sizes with identical features. The best parts are the built-in Google Assistant, a solid camera, unlimited photo and video storage, a battery that gets seven hours of charge in 15 minutes, and a headphone jack. They also announced Daydream View VR, virtual reality. Now, this wraps around your head and holds your phone in front of your face so that you can do VR, similar to Samsung's Oculus Oculus VR, except it comes with a controller. They also announced Google Wi-Fi that looks like hockey pucks. They're little round, or if you've got a swimming pool, they look like the um, chlorine tablets, and uh, you spread them around your house, and you get great Wi-Fi coverage. So, and Chromecast Ultra, which has got 4K support, 1.8 times faster than the old one, and a built-in Ethernet port, in case your wireless internet is lousy. And Google Home, which you can set up in your house, ask it questions, play music and control various devices. It tells you about your upcoming meetings, commute time, and what weather to expect. Now, the biggest takeaway is that Google is making a massive hardware push, which means that they've just picked a big fight with all of the major technology companies by announcing pretty much... Identical products, which are slightly more affordable. Now, I'll see you again next week. Thanks again to all the people in Indianapolis who have made this trip so enjoyable. In the meanwhile, remember that if you're not really pushing the envelope and you're not living on the edge, then you're taking up far too much space. It's easier and much more rewarding to do the impossible than it is to do the ordinary, which every other bastard does. So I invite you to go to my website, bobpritchard.com, enroll for my daily newsletter. Takes just 30 seconds to read and I'll keep you up to date. Next week, I'll again broadcast from my studio on Hollywood Boulevard in Los Angeles,
0: where technology meets entertainment. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.